have huge news. Somebody just sent me a DM on Twitter that says, do you think God is dead? What? Yeah. Do you have any kind of rapport with this person? Zero. I've never spoken to them before. That's so cool. That's a really cool thing to ask a perfect stranger. I agree. I like all the things that perfect strangers say to me and you. They always say really good stuff. It's only good things. That makes me feel good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, love shooting the breeze, but, but I just need to say this is Boss Hags and I'm Allison. Welcome to Boss Hags. I'm Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) What my understanding is, is we're going to make a podcast this evening on Elvis Presley. (laughs) Your understanding is correct. He's from Tupelo, Mississippi and relocated to Memphis when he was 13. Oh, wait. Okay. Hold on. I'm really jumping the gun. We need to start with his birth. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Because it's amazing. First of all, Allison and I went on a road trip because we're wild and we just like are adventurers and travelers. And we're so random. We're so <laughs> random. And we. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible story. <laughs> okay. So. We went on this road trip and we ended up in Memphis like totally randomly. It was totally unplanned. And we stopped in Graceland. And there's this part where, so first of all, you walk into his house and it's beautiful and very 70s. And then there's this part where there's kind of a museum of like pictures and it has his birth certificate and all of these different report cards and yearbook pictures and stuff from his childhood. And the very first thing we see when we walk in is a fact about Elvis's birth that neither of us knew before. Allison, take it away. Wait, I, I thought that was in the like museum later, not like right when you walk in, was it? Right, it was like later. Did, did you just try to lie to our audience? Um, I think if you check the tapes, you'll see that I said later in the museum part. But listen, it's fine. You're just pulling a Colby Johnson and not listening to me. I was listening. Um, But anyway, yeah, so he was born a twin is what we've been building up to. I just barely watched some E! True Hollywood story on him for like a split second while I was warming up for this. So his mom Gladys birthed a kid and then she was like, oh, I think there's something else up there. Which is wild, <laughs> what, right? Yeah, it was 1935. His, his birthday is January 8th. And I just want to say that's also David Bowie's birthday. Oh my gosh. Only legends are born that day. If you're born January 8th, you're a legend. <laughs> I'm looking up other January 8th birthdays. It's probably like Todd from Des Moines. Allison, you're going to... You're not even going to believe. Noah Cyrus. Who else was born on January 8th? <laughs> oh! Okay, but actually the person I was saying that about, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Uh-oh. This is bad. This is a bad day. Abandon this right now. Abandon ship. Legends can be born on whatever the hell day they want. <laughs> 
R. Kelly is not a legend. He's a disgrace. Except, Agreed. God, like... Ignition. Ignition. Remix to Ignition is so good. Why did I he agree. have to do this to us? So he was born in the two-room shotgun house built by his father, Vernon Elvis Presley. Wow. That was built in preparation for the birth. His his twin brother was named Jesse Garen Presley, and he was a stillborn. Uh, Uncle Jesse, played by John Stamos, in the hit TV show Full House, uh, his character is named after Elvis's stillborn twin in honor of him. Um, yeah, I didn't hear that part of the tour, but I believed you when you said it after. <laughs> <laughs> well, because John Stamos was our audio tour guide, and he said it at some point, but we were probably taking a selfie when Gosh, he said it. Stamos is so good looking. He is, like, his middle name is probably good looking. All one word. It's probably handsome boy. As one word. John handsome as hell Stamos. <laughs> well, it's like it's like that part in the Andre or the Eric Andre show where Hannibal like stops in the middle and he goes, Shout out to Christina Applegate <laughs> for no reason. We're just like, shout out to John Stamos for looking good. Shout out to the dashing and charming John Stamos. He probably is magnetic in real life. He's gotta be. And he's a dad and he just Mm. seems so happy about it. So this is plugged into the microphone and I can't like hear myself that well. Uh Uh-huh. So things are just getting crazy right now. But it's a free-for-all tonight, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. So other things I found out about Elvis, according to his report cards, he got like, he got all A's and B's in school. So he was a good student. Or he was good at charming his teachers. We'll never know. Something I learned is that his dad, Vernon, got put in jail for... I can't remember how long. He got put in jail for a fraudulent check for $4. Oh my gosh. My kingdom for a fraudulent check. I think uh, Elvis was only like three. Did you you just make that into into a Shakespeare thing? Yeah, I did. You best believe this theater major did. I'm in drama school. I majored in theater. I can't remember how long he was in jail for. It's kind of late and we're just kind of schlopping this together like a sloppy joe. Sloppy joes are my favorite meal and they're also the favorite meal of the Olsen twins in the hit film It Takes Two. Oh, yeah. So Vernon is a prisoner having been arrested on November 16th, 1937, for forging a check. It was only for $4. $4 is nothing, but also, it's your integrity, Vernon. (laughs) 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 But he, it was like their landlord. Oh, because he was just trying to, like, give his family a place to live. So, also, I want to make a note that Vernon was 17 when they got married wasn't gladys like 21 so gladys is a cougar what a cougar i love that (laughs) what a powerful woman oh and his grandma's name was minnie minnie it's so cute that's really pure if i had a dog i would name it minnie 
Would you? He got his first guitar when he was 11. He wanted a rifle, but his mom was like, no, have a guitar instead. Make love, not war. And he was like, okay, and got a guitar. And lucky he did, you know. And then his mom started singing Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah. And then Elvis cried, and then he never picked up a gun again until he was in the military. (laughs) (laughs) In 1958. Yeah, but we'll get to that. His hair is actually brown, and he dyes it black to be iconic. And What an icon. <laughs> okay, and then at 18, he paid $4 to make his first record, which was a gift for his mom. I, I'm pretty sure he had like a weird relationship with his mom, because they were really close because his twin died, mm-hmm. but then I think it got kind of weird. How? I don't know anything about that. I tried to listen to a five-hour-long podcast on him, but, I mean, I couldn't really make it through five hours because that's so GD long, you know? (laughs) But they were saying he was really weirdly close with his mom, and, like, when he got famous and got all his money, he gave his mom gifts without, like, anything in return, and he kind of employed his dad. Like, he kind of had to earn his keep. Oh, like interesting. Like he gave him jobs. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's something that I know about his mom is um, he did a movie and his parents were in it. And after his mom died. Was it died, a porno? <laughs> not that one. Okay. Sorry. Go on. And after his mom died, uh, I read this article that was like, he after his mother died, he could never watch that movie again. Oh, That's so pure, but also how often was Elvis watching his own movies? Like, was he doing it all the time? And that's just the one that he was like, never again. Oh, Um, yeah, good point. I am looking at this thing, and it says about Elvis and his mom. They were so close that when she died in 1958, it's reported that funeral guests became uncomfortable with the extreme amount of sorrow shown by Elvis. Hey, Elvis, could you mourn your mom a little less? Yeah, that's a weird thing to report. What reporter was, like, standing outside Elvis's mom's funeral being like, hey, um, what amount of sorrow was Elvis showing and how comfortable were you with it? Do you think he should have respected your comfort at his own mom's funeral more? <laughs> okay, well, I just want to say it's okay to be sad at your own mom's funeral. <laughs> yeah, I just want to um, say, like, it's okay to feel your feelings. <laughs> Don't be afraid to get in your feelings just like Drake. (laughs) Don't be afraid to ask Kiki if she loves you. Kiki. (laughs) Kiki. But speaking of iconic female names in songs, you know how in that Beyonce song she says better call Becky with the good hair? Yeah. I learned a fact about my family involving someone named Becky. There's a member of my family who went to marriage counseling with his wife and ended up having an affair with his marriage counselor named Becky. Becky, you bitch, if you're listening. (laughs) I swear. I've heard that happening before, actually. It's very depressing that it's happened more than once. Yeah, that it's happened enough that you've heard of it as like an urban legend or whatever. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, just don't trust anyone named Becky is pretty much all I can say. Honestly, yeah. Becky's, you can back off. Actually, (laughs) my sister had a best friend growing up who lived like a mile from our house, and her name is Becky Beaver. Can you believe? That sucks. (laughs) I would hate to be named Becky Beaver. Like, sorry, Becky Beaver. You're a great gal, but what a name. What a concept. Okay, so Elvis. So in 1954, Elvis recorded a version of a song, That's All Right, and a local radio DJ played it 13 times that day. That DJ needs to be chill. I mean, honestly, show a little chill, DJ. And then this fact that I'm reading on askheatherjarvis.com. <laughs> <laughs> he had trouble convincing his audience that Elvis was white. That's it. That's the fact. That's really weird and sad. That is really weird. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty slap happy, baby. (laughs) But I just want to say, Elvis, when he was like in middle school and shit, he was really shy and was regarded as a loner. Aw, sweetie. He played and sang during lunchtime and was often teased as a trashy kid who played hillbilly music. Oh my gosh, those monsters. Let's talk about his teenage life in Memphis. Because he moved to Memphis when he was 13. Oh, fuck. What? He received only a C in music in oh, eighth shit. grade. Did you even Did you even get that low of a grade in music? No, girl. I don't think I got a C in anything until math in eighth grade. And it was just because I was talking the whole time. When his music teacher told him that he had no aptitude for singing, he brought his guitar in the next day and sang the recent hit, Keep Them Cold Icy Fingers Off Me, in an effort to prove otherwise. What a song title. A A classmate later recalled that the teacher agreed that Elvis was right when he said that she didn't appreciate his kind of singing. Oh. He was usually too shy to perform openly and was occasionally bullied by classmates who viewed him as a mama's boy well he was back off haters okay i'm looking up keep them cold icy fingers off me it's by the stanley brothers (laughs) and hold on i'm looking at the lyrics okay so it's a narrative it's like Bill Johnson was a feller that believed in haints and sights. He used to dream about him when he went to bed at night. <laughs> so it's just about this guy who's like kind of a spooky OG goth who dreams about ghosts and walks by graveyards and keeps telling the ghosts to keep them cold icy fingers off me. Jeez. That's really cool, actually. I love that. It is really cool. I read something that... He, when he was 12, he got invited to sing a song at some event, but he was too shy to go on stage, so he didn't do it. Oh, that's all I have to say. (laughs) One more thing about his childhood is, according also to AskHeatherJarvis.com. Who the fuck is Heather Jarvis? (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) His nickname for his manhood was reportedly... Little Elvis. But manhood, do you mean dick? 
Absolutely, that's what I mean. And I think you knew that, Allison. Little Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Did he put a hat on it? I hope not. A little top hat. (laughs) What I find almost as interesting as little Elvis is that he didn't like the taste of alcohol and he just only wanted to drink Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you're saying is the funniest thing I've ever heard right now. I only want to drink Gatorade because of its piss poor taste. As someone who also doesn't like the taste of alcohol, hell yeah, Elvis. Take a stand. Elvis, it tastes like shit. You're not special. (laughs) His breakthrough hit was Heartbreak Hotel, and it was apparently inspired by a newspaper article about a local suicide. Oh, shit. Right? But then in 1956, the same year that Heartbreak Hotel came out, he was performing on a TV show uh, for the host Milton Berle. And Milton was like, hey, put your guitar down. Let him see you, son. And so that's when Elvis's like dancing and gyrating hips became iconic. And that's when he became known as Elvis the Pelvis. Gross. He, he had had a breakout commercially in 1956 by the way that's the year my mom was born shout out patrice shout out to trice also i just want to say another tidbit i heard on his true hollywood story before i connected on here with you is that he was the only one who dressed the way he did because he would go shopping on beale street and it would be like all black people and so he'd dress in the garb there hell yeah like style that was predominantly african-american at the time and so white people just didn't even know it was hitting them yeah me and jenny have been on beale street yeah we have wait everyone out there hold on listen (laughs) we've been on beale street (laughs) we've been on beale street yeah yeah we have and we met our the love of our life at gus's okay so let's talk about memphis we stop in Memphis. We go to Gus's world-famous fried chicken because we've heard a lot about it. And first of all, the chicken was great. Second of all, I'm going to write a song about the one that got away. And it's going to be about a man named Damien, a server. Damien, if you listen to this, which I know you will, <laughs> we're going to have, let's put on a Bachelor-style show and he can pick between us. Honestly, Yeah. And then whoever loses, we'd still be like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Something else crazy that happened in Memphis is we were walking with our feet 10 feet off of Beale. (laughs) Yeah, it was the wildest thing. I didn't know it was going to happen. We were on Beale and suddenly our feet were 10 feet off of it. So make of that what you will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm walking in Memphis was walking with my feet 10 feet off of Bia. What does that mean? Okay, well, I think that it means that there's some sort of like euphoria or maybe he's high and so he feels like he's literally floating in the air. Dang, there's a really long explanation on Wikipedia, but I'm not going to read it. Can you summarize it? How's your summarizing skill since middle school? If we're being honest, I actually can't even read. (laughs) Shit. Well, you know that I can help. I I studied English, so I can help you. Oh, so you think you're both an English expert and a theater expert? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
Heartbreak Hotel was his like breakthrough hit in 1956, as we've said. Just a year later, he and his family bought Graceland. Um, they bought it for $100,000. I think technically it was like $102,000. Doesn't that seem like chump change to you? Yeah. So I'm using westegg.com. $100,000 in 1957 would cost $901,765.61 in oh, 2018. Shit. Wait, how much was $4 in that year that his dad went to jail? So what, probably like 38 or something? Yeah, $70.78. Okay. Still not that much money. <laughs> dad, Vernon. It's, your, it's integrity. your integrity, Vern. Once Elvis got famous for his gyrating hips, he was kind of a everyone hated him like all the youths loved him and all the adults were like he's so bad for the kids he's such a bad influence his dancing is inappropriate he's a rebel so he had this like really bad reputation in the state of florida there was a judge who called him a savage and said that when he performed in Florida, he was forbidden from shaking his body at a gig. People were up in arms about his dancing and his persona as being, like, a rebel. Yeah. So him being, like, kind of a, a rebel is, like, a really good segue into his military service because he was literally at the height of his fame. Like, Beatles famous before the Beatles, obviously. And then he got drafted. And a lot of celebrities and performers and stuff were drafted, but they were drafted into special services and they performed for the troops and kept up morale and took pictures. I think that it was his manager who was like, don't do that because I'm not going to let you perform for free. But it was it also like really good for his image because he like enrolled in the real military. So he was drafted on March 24th in 1958. He started basic training in Texas and had two-week leave in June to record songs in Nashville. And then his mom got hepatitis in August and died on the 14th of heart failure because of the hepatitis. So he joined the 3rd Armored Division in Friedberg, Germany on October 1st. While on maneuvers, he was introduced to amphetamines by a sergeant and became practically I oh, you're reading the article that I read when we were on the bus driving to Graceland because doesn't it say he became practically evangelical about their benefits? Wait, yeah, yeah, it says he was evangelical about the benefits. And then also he started doing he started doing karate also oh, in the interesting. army. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go be in the military to improve my image and make people respect me and like show that I'm a patriot. And then that's when he got addicted to drugs. And his mom died. <laughs> so it just like was not a great time for him. But he did, while he was in Germany, meet Priscilla, who was at the time 14. When she was 14. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of F. They didn't get married until she was 22, eight years later. It's still not as creepy as Celine Dion being 12 when she met her. Literally husband nothing when is as creepy as that. Good point. Although Leo DiCaprio's current girlfriend, he knew since she was 12, I think. My sweet baby angel. Yeah. Creep-ass creep Leo. Yeah, I mean, he's just living proof you can get away yeah. with anything if you're good looking. And a man 
your points tonight are thank you thank dope. you sweetie i'm here all week i did my hair tonight did you see um <laughs> i did and it was so cute i mean it thank you you're my perfect fan mom you always were the, the perfect, perfect fan, fan. <laughs> that song was written by elvis about um, his mom it probably was he he had this seven and a half year courtship with priscilla they get married in 1967 that's the end of the podcast <laughs> the end um she was still <laughs> such a tiny baby she was 22 and they got married she looked so beautiful but also like a baby her, her her wedding dress was at graceland and it was tiny like i was like she is a insanely small person yeah like a, just a little barbie but also his wedding suit was so good he did have style i like the theme of his whole house i would like it to have it now except for with like more modern plumbing <laughs> you're texting me right now <laughs> <laughs> It's a picture. (laughs) Why does it say Aladdin? Was their wedding theme Aladdin? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I didn't realize that was in front of them. What the hell? Okay. So while we were recording, Allison texted me a picture from their wedding. And there's this like prop. Like Aladdin lamp. Let me look it up. So apparently there's a hotel called the Aladdin Hotel, Las Vegas. I'm not surprised. So apparently there's a hotel called the Aladdin Hotel in Las Vegas, and that's where Elvis and Priscilla got married. Um, yeah, but now it's Planet Hollywood. Oh, shit. They got married. They had one daughter. Lisa Marie, baby. Lisa Marie, who's like literally so cute. (laughs) Most importantly, she was once married to Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Have you watched the music video for You Are Not Alone? Uh, no. Turn it on right now and let's have your reaction. Okay. It has Lisa Marie naked in it. Holy shit. Holy shit. What? It's weird, right? What is supposed to be happening? You are not alone. Shit. This video is fucking weird. You. Right? And he's like so white and like has ton like a full beat of makeup on. He is wearing like full stereotypically feminine makeup and he's with lisa marie and they're just both naked but with like drapes yeah and he's singing with his shirt open very furiously right this second they're like whispering to each other like pillow talk pillow talk climb on board (laughs) sorry sorry janae (laughs) that i'm so slap happy (laughs) don't never apologize in the words of Damien, don't apologize. Damien, your beautiful eyes and face and eyebrows and shit. And tattoos and Boston accent. Damn, I think I love that boy. Do anything for that boy. <laughs> Did you know that Elvis never performed outside of North America? 
Oh, I read that, and I read that it was because his manager was um, racist, not illegal. <laughs> no, probably also, but he was not a legal U.S. citizen, so he knew that if he left, that he might not be able to come back. I think he was like Swedish or something. Oh, do you think that Elvis was hot? Absolutely. I did a poll last night on if you think Elvis was hot. Yeah, what are the results? Right now there's 855 votes and it's 56% is no and 44% is yes. Honestly, haters back off. (laughs) I can't decide. I don't think he's ugly, but... I have a hard time believing that someone could look at a picture of like iconic young Elvis with that good, good hair and that on-point style and like all of that talent and charisma and sex appeal and say that he's not hot. But like if you're if you're pulling like older like drug addiction like going oh, down yeah. hill Elvis, then like yeah, maybe you're not going to find him hot because he is like mentally and physically unwell. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know a lot about why his marriage to Priscilla ended, but I know it had something to do with his drug addiction. It seems like that was probably a theme throughout their whole marriage because he started doing drugs in the military and he met her when he was in the military. So it probably just kept getting worse and worse. So you know how Lisa Marie would talk about all of the impromptu trips that he would take? Like she said that she had never seen snow before and he was like, okay, let's go. And they just got on a private jet and flew to Colorado and she played in the snow for a minute and then they flew back home. Maybe there was some unpredictability in his behavior in general and it probably has a lot to do with maybe his personality but also drugs. That he's just like, oh, I'm going out and he like hops on a plane and goes wherever he wants. Erratic and unpredictable. So Priscilla said... Moving into Graceland, he already had his inner circle. Of course they embraced me, but I never realized that that was it. We didn't go out. He didn't like eating in restaurants because people would take pictures of him and he didn't want to be shot putting a fork in his mouth. She couldn't go out and kind of felt trapped a little bit in Graceland. I would too. Like, think if you were 14, like the time you started having a courtship. With, like, a hugely famous dude. Yeah, living in a proverbial fishbowl. And she said she kind of needed to find out what the world was like. She felt like she had missed out on a lot of stuff. But here's an interesting quote. I'm reading an article from Southern Living. It says that to maintain some mystique in her relationship, she wouldn't allow Elvis to see her without makeup or without being fully dressed. He never wanted to see me getting dressed. He wanted to see the result of getting dressed. I feel like that was actually pretty typical back then, right? Have you watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yes. Yeah, how she like gets up and puts Puts on on makeup makeup. and like takes off her cold cream and yeah it stressed me out so bad honestly it's wild that there are no unrealistic beauty expectations for women anymore you know yeah i really love that i love that for us Mm -hmm. are you drinking something yeah could you hear it (laughs) what what are you drinking ma'am what do you think i'm drinking is it diet coke hell yeah me too mine has lemons in it oh my gosh i love that for you mine's from arby's 
Oh, <laughs> we love Arby's. We do. I really do. Did it's you see so my good. tweet about how the local Arby's has rats? <laughs> yeah, was that real? That is real. After his divorce from Priscilla, Elvis was said to have allowed good-looking girls who waited outside Graceland to enter after hours. One night, it was 152 women. Yikes. And then his girlfriend was named Ginger. So, I don't know what to make of that, but... I I think that's a cute name. (laughs) It's a cute name. It also sounds like a young, hot name. You know what I mean? Oh, she was his fiance. Ginger Alden is her name. So, Elvis was born in 1935, and Ginger Alden was born in 1956. So she was like, so she was literally 21 when he died. Oh shit, 21. Yeah, Ginger's done a lot of living. So Linda Thompson was a pageant queen and she attended a private screening hosted by Elvis um, in Memphis in 1972 she and Elvis hit it off and subsequently dated for four years before breaking up around Christmas 1976. They broke up because she wanted a normal life, which was not possible with Elvis. And they remained good friends until his his death. But then she went on to marry Bruce Jenner and had those two hot sons. She is now Caitlyn Jenner. Correct. Priscilla Presley was later in movies and she was in three naked gun movies oh frick like oj simpson oj simpson <gasps> was in Holy a naked shit. gun movie oh my gosh you're right hollywood am i right it's crazy there are no rules did you know that he recorded more than 600 songs but he didn't write any of them yeah he did he was not a songwriter that man he was just a hell of a performer yeah. he also was in over 30 movies or no maybe it was just 30 movies i think it was like barely over 30 like 31 or something it was something like impressive they try to make it sound more impressive by being like over 30 So, yeah, he was in, like, 30 movies, and it seemed like he was kind of locked into a contract. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm having fun acting. I'm excited to kind of wrap up my contract and get back into singing and performing. I think his his characters were kind of ridiculous, like, caricatures a little bit. I'm just going to go on record and say I don't think I've seen any of his movies. Yeah, just he just it starts and he just punches people in the face for 90 minutes or however long movies were. Yeah, movies were so short back then. I thought they were longer cuz people have or maybe the scenes are longer. More of an attention span. Yeah, yeah. No, but I feel like movies yeah. were so short back then and now if you want to go see a Marvel movie, you have to block out like 4 hours of your day. That's true, but also I'm I think what I'm going off of is like the Taming of the Shrew and Romeo and Juliet, which were probably long for back then. Are you talking about like the Zeffirelli black and white Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Oh shit, you're right, girl. Romeo and Juliet was two hours and 29 minutes. That was long for back then. Okay, every Elvis movie I've looked up so far is an hour and a half. Hold on, did you know that Franco Zeffirelli that we've been talking about he just barely died on june 15th 2019 isn't that kind of crazy <laughs> that it was that recent oh my gosh that was weeks ago that was a week ago holy shit dude r.i.p franco zeffirelli i agree 
Did you look up Ginger? Because she kind of looks like uh, Priscilla. Like, he has a type. Oh, yeah. She looks like Priscilla. She has big Priscilla energy. Did you see this fact that Elvis helped eradicate polio? In 1955, a scientist named Jonas Salk finally invented a cure for one of the world's worst diseases, polio. But after... A year, doctors were still having troubles getting teenagers to take the vaccine. They needed someone they loved to take it and do it in a very public way. So right before his performance on the Ed Sullivan Show, he posed for press and got a polio vaccine from doctors. Incidence of the disease went down 90% between 1950 and 1960. I read that he got some kind of an award from Richard Nixon from the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. Elvis bitterly denounced the Beatles for their anti-Americanism during a White House meeting with President Nixon in December 1970. And it says that he got like a specifically made Bureau of Narcotics badge because he asked the president to be made a federal drug enforcement agent. He told the president that he could influence the hippie (laughs) movement against the use of drugs. That's a perfect segue into his drug use. He apparently had a personal doctor named Dr. Nick after his death and after the results of his autopsy showing how many drugs were in his system. Dr. Nick was questioned a lot and had to testify about all his prescription requests. And he basically justified it by saying that he wanted to keep Elvis from getting drugs on the street, which is kind of like... The doctor that kept um, giving JFK meth and like somehow found a way to justify the fact that he was constantly injecting meth into the president's ass. I didn't know that. I don't know a lot about JFK besides he didn't get shot. His head just fell in that way. (laughs) His head just what? That's like, I don't know who wrote it, but it's a tweet and they're like, JFK didn't get shot. His head just did that. (laughs) Put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) So here's more about drugs. (laughs) So obviously we know that his girlfriend Ginger found him on the floor face down in his bathroom at Graceland. And when they did the autopsy, the toxicology report came back and said that he had high levels of Dilaudid, Percodin, Demerol, Codeine, Quaaludes, some laxatives, because he, there were signs of him having severe chronic constipation, diabetes, and glaucoma. Basically, it says that he died a common, albeit embarrassing, death because he had such bad constipation and he was taking laxatives um, and he had so many drugs in his system that he had a heart attack while he was straining so hard to try to not be constipated anymore. Oh, that's very sad. That's so fucking sad. They Ugh. kind of yeah. parodied that on um, Big Fish. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I forget about that. Yeah, the guy who like is always losing to Ewan McGregor dies that way. Well, apparently opiates cause savage constipation so he was abusing so many opiates and different like barbiturates and those were making him constipated and so that was kind of a that was a contributing factor to his death thank you dr jenny and dr nick you asshole burn in hell dr nick (laughs) it's your integrity (laughs) 
Well, did you read the thing about the Elvis sandwich? He was fond of the fool's gold loaf of bread, which was hollowed out and stuffed with peanut butter jelly and a pound of bacon. What? It sounds real gross. Hold on. Let me go on. Don't interrupt me. I won't even think about interrupting you one more time. He was such a fan of peanut butter that he, he had his favorite variation of the sandwich named after him. His grandmother later shared her recipe in a cookbook. Two slices of bread, peanut butter, sliced banana, and bacon. No judgment here, as that just sounds good. (laughs) At OPH, Original Pancake House, there was like a a pancake special, and I feel like it had Elvis' name in it, and I think it was bananas and peanut butter and bacon, so. Hold on, can I tell you something that's crazy? Hell yeah. So at Denny's, they had this thing, and it was a breakfast burrito with, like, some chicken in it, like chicken nuggets. And it was designed by (laughs) Huba Stank, and it was called the Who Burrito. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Isn't that so dope? (laughs) A reason to start over new. And the reason reason is you. Maybe let's talk about our favorite Elvis songs. I like Suspicious Minds and A Little Less Conversation. Obviously, he's famous for I Can't Help Falling in Love With You, but I think that I like Ingrid Michaelson's version better. Rest in peace, Elvis. Yeah, no disrespect to Elvis, but that is a really, really good version. I do love that song. Honestly, any version of that song makes me feel feelings. Even the 18s one? Especially the 18s one. one. Sweet. (laughs) My favorite Elvis song is actually a cover because it was originally a BJ Thomas song, Always on My Mind. The lyrics are Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have, and maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. If I made you feel second best, girl, I'm sorry I was blind. You were always on my mind. What year did it come out? The Elvis one came out in 1972. So it came out the year he got divorced from Priscilla. Oh my gosh. So is it? But he didn't write it is the only thing. That's true. He didn't write it, but I mean, he did make a choice to sing that and do a really slapping cover of it right after he and Priscilla broke up. Wow, we really got Um, the tea. He had a very disobedient chimp named Scatter. (laughs) (laughs) He he was a germaphobe and would drink out of cups above the handle because he thought that no one else would have drank from that spot before. Wow. I mean, he's not wrong. He was very into guns. He loved them and carried them around frequently. Yeah, I guess Ginger Alden says that one time he fired a gun um, into the headboard as she slept, and he did it to grab her attention. I don't love that. But also, I can't believe he said anything bad about the Beatles. The Beatles basically replaced him like he was the king, and then they kind of came in and did something new and exciting, and people stopped thinking about him i can believe he said something bad about them but i just mean like i just think they're so much better than him <laughs> oh. like i here's the thing elvis and a couple of other people paved the way for the beatles like 
Elvis walked so the Beatles could run. So last week I went to Graceland and I went to a Beatles tribute show. <laughs> so, so I'm an expert and I think the Beatles are better. Would you say you're more of an Elvis or a Beatles fan? I'm more of a Beatles fan, yeah. I, I have been very, very into them since about eighth grade, I think. Elvis liked to dress up as a police officer and pull people over. Yeah, did you see at Graceland there was that whole case of all of his police badges? He'd pull people over and then give them his autograph. And he had, I feel like it was in the state of Colorado, he actually had like an investigator's badge. Like he was actually an official police officer slash investigator there. Final thoughts on Elvis. I feel sad when I think about him. He was an icon. He produced a lot of bangers, and I just love the guy. Um, I love him. I will. I won't lie. I know I just said that he's not as good as the Beatles, but that's because I just love the Beatles more. We need to mention that we went to the National Enquirer Museum, and their big, oh big gosh. huge scoop was his cousin went into his funeral and went into Elvis's funeral <gasps> and took his picture in the casket and got fifty thousand dollars for it. And then the National Enquirer office in, like, the early 2000s got sent anthrax. And they had to, like, destroy all their stuff. And so it destroyed the picture of Elvis that they had in, on file. Do you have any final thoughts on Elvis the pelvis? His name is literally pelvis without the P. I think he's great. I think he's very handsome and has big dad energy. And also he's hot, so haters back off. Oh, it was great Shit. talking to you, Jennifer. Please move back. <laughs> it was great talking to you, too. And, okay, I'm on my way. OMW. My closing statement is that we went to Dollywood and got shirts made. Um, so we have official Boss Hags shirts and an official Boss Hags logo commissioned by a Dollywood artist. <laughs> Named John. I was just going to say we also have an official Boss Hags lifestyle. And I think that that lifestyle speaks for itself. Okay, bye. It's been a pledge. It really has. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>